As a host, it can feel really overwhelming trying to prepare for someone who has pitched to be a guest on your podcast, or if you've asked them to be on your show. With this in mind, I have my two friends, Lisa and Emily, on to talk about their processes and what they do when someone wants to be on their show, and I'm going to share a little bit of my process as well. I think that these processes and preparations range from a little bit of preparation to a ton of preparation, so you can find somewhere in all of this that works for you. Remember, there's no one way to prepare for someone to be a guest on your podcast. It's up to you to decide how you want your process to work and what works best for you. My hope with this episode is that as a podcast host, you will find strategies and tips and tricks for creating a process that you know is going to make you the most productive and allow you to show up as your best self as a podcast host. Welcome to the Listeners to Leads podcast, where we're helping podcasters launch and maintain lead generating shows. I'm your host, Alicia Galati, the founder of Galati Media, a full service podcast management agency. On this show, you'll hear my guests and I discuss everything that it takes to launch a successful podcast and keep it running. If you're ready to get leads, land speaking gigs, and create a deeper connection with your audience through your podcast, then this is the show for you. Welcome, Emily and Lisa, back to the podcast. This has been like four times now between the two of you, either separate, together. We're all here again. I'm so excited. But for those who do not know you, Emily, can you go ahead and let everybody know who you are, what you do, and about your podcast? Sure. Thanks for having me back. I'm addicted to listening and also being here. So I have two podcasts, the Content with Character podcast and the She Built This podcast. The She Built This podcast is probably a little bit more applicable to what we're going to talk about today because I have guest interviews on there and I am a content copywriter. And we also have Lisa. Lisa, thank you for being here again. Can you tell everybody who you are, what you do and about your podcast? Yay, I'd be delighted. Longtime listener, seventh time caller. <laughs> I don't know how many times it's been, but I'm delighted to be back. Hi, I'm Lisa Zaratni. I'm a productivity strategist and accountability coach, the founder of Positively Productive Systems and the host of the Positively Living podcast. I help multi, like tasking. That's really what it is about. Multitasking creatives and caregivers reduce the overwhelm, boost the productivity, and do it a way where you're living the life you love. And that's what we talk about on the podcast. So it's simplicity, self-awareness, self-care systems, you name it, all that good stuff packed into one podcast featuring both of you, might I add. And uh, yeah, let's talk. Let's talk podcasting because we have a lot of experience among us at this point, don't we? I know. I was actually on a conversation with someone today. I was like, We've all been podcasting for about the same amount of time. So collectively, we've got quite a few years of podcasting. So today we're going to be talking about preparing as a host and as a guest for podcast interviews and conversations. And the reason that this came up was because I was a guest on some podcasts within the last two weeks. And I realized that my preparation for them was a little different than what I, A, suggest people do to show up to my show or how I tend 
to do research, to be on someone's show, depending on how much information they give me or if I am excited to be on their show, if they've pitched me to be on their show or if I asked to be on the show. There's a lot of different variations to this. And so I thought, what better time to have a conversation on this? Because I know we all handle this a little differently. So let's talk first, preparing as a host. So you are the host and you had someone that you pitched to be on your show. What kind of prep work are you doing at that point? Let's go ahead with Emily first. Oh, me first. Okay. So usually if I'm pitching somebody else to be on my show, it's because I've either read a book that they've written or I've listened to their interview on somebody else's podcast, or maybe I've seen them on Instagram and they really, really caught my eye. But it's basically something that says to me, oh, I'm more interested in just like, I, I like the content I've seen and I'm, I have more questions. I want to know more. So I typically would just reach out to them and ask for them to be a guest on my show and let them know that I read the book. If for some reason I hadn't read the book first, while I'm going through it, I'm like taking notes for our interview together. And that's something I actually do frequently too. But a lot of times just like reading their book, listening to their podcast and seeing their content will give me questions that I know that I want to ask them. So that's basically my process for like preparing what areas I actually want to explore with them. So with that in mind, when you think about oh, I want to have this person on your show. How do you kind of filter out the things that are maybe not as interesting to your audience? Or do you kind of just follow your curiosity with it? How does that kind of work with that process? No, no, that's a great question. So my audience for She Built This is women entrepreneurs and the people in their life that support them, I like to say. So I do try to make sure that what I'm talking about through the lens of their content is specific to my my listeners for sure. That said, I also have like my own curiosity segues, but I I think when it comes to that, like I try to be careful because like something that I'm super, super interested in and could go down a rabbit hole may not be what every single person listening to that episode really wants to, to glean. And the other thing I didn't mention is sometimes I will go get their like download, you know, if they have like a freebie or a worksheet or something like that, like I will get it and like immerse myself in it. So I like really understand like this process worked for me or didn't work for me, or these are my thoughts on the process. So it just like gives me whatever we're recommending kind of at the end for my listeners. I have like firsthand experience with it. And for context, how long are your episodes and how often do you have guests on your show? Currently, I do every other week and my episodes are about 45 minutes long. I really try to keep those (laughs) interviews trimmed up, but they get to about 45 minutes long. And I'm actually going to be shifting to once a month in the new year, which is when this episode is airing. So I've now shifted to once a month. (laughs) I think that's important to note because what you do ranges on one end. I think I'm on the other end of preparation. And then Lisa's kind of in that middle shifting between the two of us. So I think it's really interesting for people to hear all of this and also put it into context of how often, how long the episodes are, and the specific audience. Lisa, what about you? So if you're preparing as a host for someone that you pitched to be on your show, how much preparation do you kind of do for that conversation? Yeah, I'll be really interested to know what your preparation is because I wouldn't be surprised that I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm constantly a hybrid where there is this element of, okay, how much time do I want to take? 
But I will say this, and I know we've talked about this, I think, on the show before, is that over the course of time, as my show grows and I'm more and more episodes, more and more we're like finding that conversation that's in between, that fills in the gaps, that goes deeper into a topic, the more important I feel it is to vet. So it has been a sliding scale. In the beginning, I might have been a little bit more open, like, ooh, this looks like a person who will vibe, bring something interesting to the show. Let's go for it. Not as much now. I'm far more particular and I'm also very protective of my listeners. So I just wanted to point that out, that what I'm saying right now is over three years in, over 180 episodes, it's just a different kind of protectiveness. So with that in mind, if I'm pitching someone, then right away, I believe in what they're bringing to the game. So that means that the hard part, which is, are we in alignment? Are we going to be talking the same talk here as far as values go? I love when someone brings something contrary or new or interesting, but I want to make sure that our values are aligned. And when I was making notes for this conversation, because I do, I do research and make notes, I was thinking, what is so important to me in this research? And it is the alignment. What am I bringing to the audience and how do the guest and I match up? So ahead of time, it is very similar to Emily. I may have read a book. I may have seen a post. A lot of times, though, it's referrals from other hosts that I trust. And that's a big one for me. That's a favorite one to be a guest on another person's podcast. I've gotten referrals that way. Same way. I will go to the hosts that I trust, the shows that I like, that I listen to, and find out who you have. Emily knows I've <laughs> poached many a guest <laughs> from her, for sure. We and share. So we all we share. share. Yes, exactly. She, we share. and But that is wonderful, though, because it's a completely different conversation, completely different show. So that works brilliantly. So at this point, there's a partial vetting already by the fact that I trust my resource. So then what I do is, that's a quick double check. Like I will maybe listen to an episode of theirs or listen to a video to see how they are. It's like a quick vibe check and it's going to vary for two reasons. One is sometimes I know exactly what I want to bring them in to talk about. They are pre-vetted. We're good to go. Sometimes it's, oh my gosh, I absolutely want them on the show, but I'm not exactly sure what we're going to talk about. And in that case, I will have the pre-interview chat, which I know takes a little extra time, but I feel like it's been worth it. That makes sense. And for context also, how long are your episodes and then how how often do you have guests on your show? Yep. So I've got the solo episodes, guest episodes, solos. I try to keep 20 minutes or a little bit under that. And for guests... 30 to 40 minutes, closer to 40 minutes, I would say. And at this point, roughly two times a month, you'll get a guest spot, but it'll vary. I keep it kind of open depending upon the theme of the month and who I'm bringing in, who's the best for that spot. May I ask you a question, Lisa? Yeah, I'd love it if you'd ask me a question. Or does Alicia only get to ask the question? So how long is your pre-interview chat? I try to keep that you know, 15 to 20 minutes. It's pretty quick. Sometimes if we really vibe, it may go a little bit longer. But yeah, it's not too long, but it's long enough that when we have the face-to-face and we're going over, it's not just that we're going over the topic, but I can see how invested they are in co-creating with me 
Oh, and that's also been good. Now, this is not, this is more the answer to your other question, which is they've pitched to me. So I'm already jumping the gun. Then that's even more important because I get to see them. But if I've pitched them to be on the show and they're just meh about it, I'm going to find that out as well through this interaction. And that's good to know because for as much as you may want someone, you may really appreciate what they bring to the table. If they're not as excited as I am, I don't know if that's going to be the greatest result. Yeah, I think it definitely impacts how you show up in the conversation as well as the energy that comes through in the audio. That's a a big point I think that we forget about when we're connecting with people is like, how are they going to show up via the audio format, right? I tend to go the opposite direction than Emily. And I think with both of you, and this is why I think this is such a good conversation because I disagree with both of you on how I show up to my show because I have a different type of show. And I think this is why I wanted to have this. Not I think I know this is why I wanted to have this conversation because it's okay to have different approaches and different strategies to how you either as a host show up to an interview, whether they pitch you or you pitch them or as a guest and how you want to show up in that way, depending on the show. Right. So. For me, if I'm a host, right, I am a host, <laughs> and someone I pitch to be on my show, I do minimal research on people. I maybe spend about 15 minutes. So that's like completely extreme opposites than both of you. And I do, okay, what are they about? What topics did I have in mind that I wanted to talk to them about? I send that in my initial email to them, or I have just sent that in my initial email. Like, hey, this is what I want to talk to you about. And I keep it straight into the point of let's just go into it. I have a maybe five to 10 minutes right before I hit record where I build some type of rapport or conversation and then we jump right in. But that's because my show is more conversational and I'm not so much leading the conversation as more just kind of following how it goes and where it goes and what I know that my audience might be interested in based on this is the direction I want to go. I also know if I get too structured, I'm going to lose my mind. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say this really highlights, I think like I have this need for preparation and structure and order and hashtag control. No, just kidding. (laughs) Um, I really like to feel prepared in life. Like that is what gives me a sense of confidence and security when I'm going in, especially if I'm talking to somebody I'm not super, super familiar with. And Lisa, you really focused on that face to face, right? Where like, for me, it's like, okay, I can kind of tell by their book or their message if I'm into them. But for you, it's really valuable to have that airtime with them. And then Mm -hmm. Alicia is just like, I'm going with my gut and I'm going in. (laughs) And I really, really love that. You're right. There is no right approach. And it also goes to like how we work best because you are the researcher, I do like researching. I am a questioner, but it's the framework that I'm looking for. And it's the intent that they come in because we will go in a different direction. I don't like lay out every single specific question. I don't overstructure what I do. It's more of building that rapport and that trust ahead of time and that intention as to where we're going with the topic. And that goes for whether I've pitched to them or they've pitched to me. That's what's important to me. And so once I have that set, 
I don't even need that five or 10 minutes. We take a few minutes just to make sure that the tech is working properly, any last minute questions and go. So it's just, I've taken some of what you do, Alicia, and just put it into the pre-work because the rapport is built, the trust is built. That's and I want, I want to bounce off that. When I first, first ever started my podcast, I had a list of interview questions and they were pretty much honestly the same for every single person. And I would read them like very robotically and I wouldn't give like, you know, when somebody would respond, I'd be like, okay, next question. And then I would just keep on moving. Like it was not conversational. So part of that preparation for me comes with this ability to also go off piste and and like blaze my own trail, which again, it just goes back to like, that's what helps me to feel confident is when I'm like, I know this inside and out and now I can go into it and be comfortable wherever we go. So again, I just, I love the different approaches. No, I think that's a good point because yes, you're doing a lot of that, like researching and reading, but it still allows you to veer, but feel safe in veering, which I think is really important no matter what, right? So I feel safe as long as I say at the beginning of the conversation, whether I've pitched them or they've pitched me, this is what you can expect. This is the direction we're going to take this conversation. This is how long it's going to be. Let's go. So that makes me feel safe because I've set that expectation and I expect them to follow it. Whereas you feel safe in what you are able to bring to the conversation. Lisa wants to feel safe in having them show up and be able to co-create something. And so it's, I think it's in each of us, in our, each of our, how we approach this, that we are still looking for a safe conversation and a safe way of approaching being a host. Cause it can be difficult. <laughs> like there are horror, st- horror stories. <laughs> I, yeah, I have so one true. for you where somebody just throws you a, a wrench or a lo- throws you for a loop and you're like, Oh boy. <laughs> but that's when you get the ability. I think, I mean, obviously we're going to get into this, but that's when you can say like, oh, I don't actually have knowledge in that area or I'm not well-versed in that, but I will find you an answer and we can talk about it off air, you know? So you do still have those safeguards. You just have to remember to use them. For sure. Anything else on that one before we move on to the next? No, no I just really like the, uh, the <laughs> well, when I use the word trust and you use the word safe, and I think that's it, is they, putting the whatever boundaries you need and whatever environment in place that you need that will bring out your best. Yeah. So as a host and someone has pitched themselves to be on your show, we're going to go with me first and then we're going <laughs> to veer toward Emily. So I have a lot of people pitch to be on my show and most people I will say no to because they're quite frankly, terrible, terrible pitches and they don't make sense for my show. But if someone is like, all right, that could be valuable or that's an interesting approach or we haven't talked about that yet. And I actually will employ, I know Lisa's strategy is, we've talked about that before. How can you approach that differently? And if they don't give a good response, then now's not a good time. Thank you very much. Okay, bye. (laughs) Like, come on. So if someone is pitched to be on my show, I take the same approach as me pitching someone to be on my show. I will show up having done about 15 minutes of research on them, making sure I know what direction I want to take the conversation, look at their podcast a little bit. Maybe I'll listen to a little bit, but I probably won't because I cannot listen to podcasts because my ears cannot handle them. They will not literally, but they will bleed. (laughs) And it just hurts to listen to other podcasts. So I will just kind of look through their information, look through their stuff, and then I will go with the conversation, starting it with, This is what we're going to talk about. This is the direction we're going to go. This is about how long it's going to be. And then we go from there. 
And that is how I like to approach as a host. So Lisa, what about you? So someone has pitched themselves to be on your show. You mentioned that pre-call, so I'm guessing that's probably the next step there. It can be. However, to the point that you made before, there has to be that proof. For some reason, I was thinking about how if you ask someone out versus them asking you out, and it's like they're asking you out, you got got to work a little harder. (laughs) So yeah, just uh, make it a little bit more interesting here. I want to know from that pitch because, oh my goodness, I get pitched daily, constantly. And just like you said, so many of them are so terrible, so generic. So, wow, you have never listened to my show, have you? So it's amazing, actually. So if you are listening and you're like, that would be cool to be on her show, (laughs) please show me that you've listened to the show. And then we'll have the conversation. So I think it's that point of, I've listened. I get what you're about. This is what I believe I can contribute. And then if they've shown that, oh, yeah, we'll have a conversation. We may have a pre-chat. And I've had that before where I've had some guests who have said, I'd love to contribute this. And I was like, yeah, you've shown me, you know, the show, you understand, but we've talked about this. So how do we do it differently? And they've come back to me with like an updated pitch and an idea of here's where we can take this one topic and go deeper, or here's what I bring to the table that's different. Whatever it is, I'm welcoming that. So I would say in some ways, it's less footwork for me to begin with because they have to get my attention. And then if they have, then I'll just double check. It's a vibe check, probably the pre-chat, and we'll go from there. What about you, Emily? My favorite is when people pitch to be on my solo show. That is my personal favorite pitch to receive. I'm like, did you notice there's never been a guest and there never will be? (laughs) So when people pitch to be on my show, like both of you say, I infrequently say yes, because most of the pitches I receive are completely irrelevant for my audience and or just show me that they have not listened to my show. And if somebody hasn't taken two minutes to do their homework on my show, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to sit there and read their book and get their download and (laughs) spend my time researching them to see if they're a good fit. Recently, I posted in a group that we're all in podcast collaboration group and asked, I was looking for a very specific guest to kind of like end my year. And I got hundreds of people commenting and pitching. And it took a lot of looking through those. And this is where you might, you know, I actually employ both of your technique of just checking in with my gut and being like, what's the vibe I'm getting from what they're saying? And so really, if they didn't pass like a one second vibe test, I was out on them and I kept moving through the list. When I do say yes, sometimes it will take me a year, honestly. Like I had a woman who pitched me last year and I I knew I wanted her as a guest, but I didn't have any room in my content plan at that time. So I just put it in my in my folder and I came back to her and then I was like, yes, now I'm ready. So sometimes it's like that. Like sometimes it truly is just like I have to think on it and wait and sit with it and leave it in that folder and not say yes right away. And then I'll come back to them. And like Alicia had mentioned, I often will just like I like to listen to either episodes that they've been on or listen to podcasts that they have of their own. And I might read a book if it's like a super if it's something I want to read already. But otherwise, I'm not going like I'm not going that extra mile. I think it's also good to note that you mentioned content plan, right? So 
I am someone who will talk about any of the pillars. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the month. doesn't matter the time. That is how I approach my show. You approach it very differently in that you're like, all right, this month or over this course of time, I'm talking about this particular topic. How do you filter people through that and ensure that you kind of can stay top of mind for them, especially as they're maybe pitching to a bunch of people? Yeah, that's a great question. And I've been much looser in my themes. I'll say like I used to set a theme for the month and everything just like really, really, I'm going to say rigidly fit into that theme. And now I'm so much looser with how I define the theme. So like it might be just for me, like, okay, this month I'm going to focus on relationships. That's a huge theme. And there's lots of topics that can fit into that theme. So personally, I've kind of loosened up the reins on that and opened up a little bit in that area. But I do keep people in mind for certain months and certain things I want to focus on during the year. And I just have like a little spreadsheet where I might have their name. If I'm interested in them, I'll have their name and then I just write the month next to it. If they've pitched you, do you let them know, hey, I'm considering you for XYZ month. Are you good with following up closer to that date or I'll reach out to you closer to that date? How does that kind of look for you? Yes. And sometimes I will just record it and save it for that time because that takes something off my plate, right? Like I'm like, my interest is here now. My curiosity is here now. My excitement's here now. Let's do it. And then I can just save it for when I want to air it. What about so, you, Lisa? Yeah. So similarly, I do have you know a thematic approach and I've kept it pretty open in that it's kind of a seasonal thing. So I think of each month in terms of here are the general topics that I want to hit because of the season of the year. And, you know, I approach productivity in a very seasonal way. So it it fits that, but it's a number of potential themes. So that gives me a wider net to cast, if you will. And then I also let people know, especially those who have pitched whom I'm interested in, that if it has potential right off the bat, I let them know as soon as I can. If it isn't one of the things that I have said when you inquire, when you fill out the form is, you may not hear from me for a while, but give it a shot and I'll do my best. So if if someone has potential, I will reach out and I may say, this is going to be a great topic for March 2024, you know, at this point, that's kind of what I'm thinking. So bear with me and I'll be in touch again. Now, I love the idea of batching ahead, but for me, there's something about keeping it relatively current. And to me, the sweet spot is like six to eight weeks before. If you're going much earlier, sometimes it's closer too. But I like having it near to that time while still being batched ahead. Again, it's that sweet spot. So I will let them know. And a lot of times they'll fill out the form, we'll get everything in place. And the last thing we'll wait on is looking at the calendar or we'll figure out. I mean, I will give them a guideline and say, listen, I I want this to go live in December. And so check out what you have mid-October to mid-November. That works for you. I generally record on Thursdays. Here's the calendar. And we lock something in. So it may take a little time for us to get to the recording, but we're set for the timing that works and the theme and the month and everything together. I want to add one more thing to this. Sometimes I will literally make a theme just because of one guest or one person. So I will say, this is what this guest and I are talking about. I'm super excited for that. And then everything else will just fall into place from there. I just wanted to say that because Lisa, I wanted to say, I echo that with the six to eight weeks. Like it is hard when you have something that you did six months ago to feel the same energy and excitement about it when it comes out for some of us. 
That's to me who batched out all of the summer in April. <laughs> I mean, that sounds lovely. <laughs> goals, goals. Great. Yes. But well, to your point, though, right? <laughs> yeah. It, well, it, again, depending upon the kind of podcast that you have, yours is this consistent, singular feature of what do we need to know about best practices for podcasting? What's out there? Things that relate or are adjacent to podcasting. I mean, it's very specific. Mine is a very holistic kind of take on sometimes it's all related to productivity, but sometimes it's, you know, trauma and healing and gratitude. And sometimes it's our specific systems and to-do lists and stuff like that. So it, there's, I think, more categories, if you will, and also kind of more of a specific energy or focus or direction to the topic. I think when you have something that is more consistent across the board, or it, it basically is like, you know, the podcast where you feature people, it's like, okay, the, the consistent thing that's happening here is I'm featuring you. What you bring to the table might be completely different, but it's a feature, so it can be at any time. So batching way ahead is awesome for that. And I'm a little jelly. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Good times. That wraps up this episode. We were talking about being a host and then how much we prepare or don't prepare as the host. Next time, we are going to talk about being a guest and showing up as a guest and how some of the best practices that we might use. And then you can take those as you want, whether we've pitched to be on a show or whether someone has asked us to be on their show. So make sure that you go and listen to that. In the meantime, Emily, can you tell everybody where they can find you, hang out with you and listen to your podcast? Sure. The best way to find me is emilyaborn.com. And there you can find whatever social media platform you like to hang out with and connect me with me there as well as my podcasts. Thanks so much. This was fun. Yes. And Lisa, where can everybody find you, get to know you, hang out with you, stalk your reels? I mean, watch your reels. Thank you for asking. Uh, you can find all of the things at my hub, PositivelyProductive.com. You're listening to a fantastic podcast right now, so you can pop on over to Positively Living right on the same uh, platform here, and I'd love to have you there. And those reels that she mentioned, yeah, I, I do hang out in a few places on social media, but my favorite is Instagram, and that is Positively underscore Lisa, and the reels are ridiculous. My fame precedes me. Come have fun with me there. Thank you so much for being here. and. I hope this was valuable to you listeners. If there is something that you do differently as a host, be sure to send me a DM at alicia.bilotti. Let me know what you're doing because I am always curious on what everybody is doing and what is working for them. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Listeners to Leads. If you found something in this episode valuable, I would really appreciate it if you shared it with a friend who you know would also get value from it. Want to send me a message? My favorite place to hang out is Instagram. You can find me at alicia.lottie. Let me know what your favorite takeaway was from the episode. And don't forget, turning those listeners into leads is actually easy.